Hello, everybody. Read It and Weep is online. My name is Alex. I'm your host. We are talking, as always, about crappy books, specifically recent books, although for some reason we went to 1998 for this one. Uh, we'll be more current in the future. I am joined by two very special guests today. Number one in the south, it is Ezra. Ezra, welcome to the program. Thank you. And number one also is Chris up in the north. Chris, welcome. Always a pleasure, Alex. I didn't want anyone to be number two. I thought you'd compare yourselves. Oh, I'm fine being number two. I know I'm, I'm second, fourth, third banana. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you're, you're absolutely first banana, as are all of us. We are an equality of bananas. A parody of bananas, if you will. Three bananas in uh. a pod. <laughs> Let's throw bananas to the wind and, and just get right into this show. Okay. <laughs> We're talking today about the second half of Confessions of a Shopaholic. The final half. The final half, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the the better half, maybe? It's not worse. I, I, <laughs> I would say in this, I, I believe that this is the better half, or at least contains the better quarter. <laughs> okay. I think the the fourth quarter was the best part, just like a good NBA game. Yeah, winning time. Yeah. Well, that almost sounded like a compliment, Alex. You wanna you wanna start with some compliments? Sure. I I guess I have um, another one, besides the fact that it contained the better quarter of the other. Can I just have a compliment of the book versus itself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, what did you like then, Chris? Okay. So my compliment is actually I thought uh, I thought that Luke Brandon had a smart thing to say. Um, which was ni- a nice little, I mean, it's not often that moralizing or, uh, not moralizing, but kind of a, a motto in a book strikes my fancy, especially a book this dumb. But at one point at, uh, five hours, 56 minutes and 15 seconds when they're, um, in the restaurant at the start of this half, um, he says, uh, rule of life. If you bother to ask someone's advice, bother to listen to it. And I, <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty good. Do you, do you think that's original to this book? Have you heard that before? Oh, I have no idea. I'm sure it's from something. I mean, right? I sort of got the impression that at the end of the book, the part that where the main character learns her lesson, that the lesson she learned was that honesty is the best policy. That really seemed like the summary of, of the emotions, the, the philosophy of the book. And uh, I'd never heard that before, so I was really excited to learn that. Okay, well, so. I also feel like the lesson she learned was, no, 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 no. Think. <laughs> think first. Think. No, 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 no. Take a second. Think. Now, do you really want to do that? I'm, I'm suspicious. I think the more she thought, <laughs> the, the worse things usually got for her. <laughs> well, okay. Do you really need this? And then she'd always answer, "Well, it is an investment." <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my compliment would be the uh, the apt use of a Jurassic Park analogy. Yes. This is pretty nice. Okay, so when Becky goes to the uh, station to have her, her TV spot, she says, like, let's see if I can get the actual quote, quote for you guys. Okay, so she goes into it, and she's a, she pushes open the doors and ushers us in, and for a moment, my cool act falters. I feel all shaky and odd, like Laura Dern in Jurassic Park when she sees the dinosaurs for the first time. Hmm. And I thought, you know, that's that's kind of a nice moment of awe. I, I can appreciate what she's going for. That It's like... It's special in that way. And just like everything else that Becky Bloomwood does, she takes something that's 
really trivial and stupid and compares it to something monumental and exciting. <laughs> yes, your first time seeing cameras is just like humans rediscovering a million-year <laughs> extinct species. <laughs> I think we should do a second half plot summary. Chris, you're usually our uh, our standard plot summarizer. All right. Interested in the job again? Yeah, absolutely. So um, once again, our book follows Becky Bloomwood, Rebecca Bloomwood, a uh, a I would say an incompetent financial journalist in London um, who is trying to get out of debt while shopping a lot, uh, which is a pretty hard to do because the more she thinks about debt the more she has to shop to overcome her depression. And it's kind of a, it's, it's a social disease. This millionaire head of a communications company might like her and she might like him back. And so they go to dinner and then she feels like she's being tucked down to. So she blows him off. And uh, then she uh, basically just kind of runs around with her head cut off. And then she runs away to her parents' house like we always thought she would while she's out in the country. Things, some pieces start to click together in her little rabbit brain of hers, and she, uh, <laughs> and she puts together, you know, uh, that actually this financial institution that got mentioned in a press conference early in the book was was being kind of shady, and so she does a big expose story, and she goes on TV and she faces off against who who to thunk it, the communications guy, um, and it turns out that everything's better. Because now she has a blossoming television career. Oh, and at the end, it turns out the communications guy and her have a burning passion, and they make fabulous, fabulous love. And that's Ew. that's yeah. And isn't that about it? I mean, did I did I get yeah, it? Yeah, no, that's that's that? it. I think on the whole, we were really blueballed on this uh, on this sex. She's really trying hard to decide if she's going to tell us more details, and eventually she ends up not. But she says she's like, he was. Well, I really shouldn't say. Okay, but it was really... No, you know what? Use your imagination. She did, oh, she also did the same thing with her new television salary. Is she, she is conflicted as to whether or not to tell us her new salary and ends up not, but in kind of a fun way. Here's my guess. I think she's probably getting paid in Luke Brandon sex. <laughs> <laughs> Which she can't describe in the first place, so that's why. So, There's only one thing she's not allowed to tell us, and it's sec- about sex with Luke Brandon. Yeah. So alternatively, That's... she made a lot of money from the sex. That's, those are the only two ways I can reason it. <laughs> you, you didn't find that cute? You, you you found that annoying? I feel like we had you know suffered through so much for a bad part of her life that we should be rewarded with all of the good parts of life. <laughs> and we want to know what Luke Brandon's wang looks like. <laughs> and how he uses it. And how he uses it. And we get none of that. I feel like one of the one of the running threads through our podcast is that we want to hear more about sex in books. Yeah, we do. Um, and I, I don't want our, our our gentle audience to think that we're pervy voyeurs, but we're pervy voyeurs, and we want. <laughs> I in my in our defense, I, I don't think that we would be. I mean, like when we read Tale of Two Cities, we never said, "I wish there was more sex in this book." Because there That's was a true. book in this book, but <laughs> we and if you go back and I think if you were to listen to our podcast about Twilight, we weren't feeling disappointed by the lack of sex. It on its face, we were disappointed in the lack of sex or anything else interesting to talk to, and the promise of sex was the only thing that seemed like it was going to be even a little bit worthwhile. 
Yeah, it's uh, right. It's that whole thing. If you have a, a gun introduced in a play, it should go off. Right. Exactly. So I mean, they're if you have a Wang introduced in a book. It'll have to go off at some point. <laughs> so it's just silly. Oh my god. That they, uh, <laughs> if teasing sex wasn't such an important part of these books, that I wouldn't care about actually having sex in the book. I have a game actually to play on this. If you guys okay, want. okay, well, you, an Ezra game, an Ezra game. Um, Chris is gonna win. Yay! Oh, no. <laughs> now you know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> it feels bad. <laughs> That's right. It does. Da 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 da. 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 <laughs> right, so, so the game actually. The game. The game is sing barbershop quartet. Okay. The game is called uh, Becky's Blunders. This is basically Becky's greatest hits of embarrassing moments. Okay. So everyone pick one moment, all right, and whoever has the best one wins. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll give, give you 15 seconds. Okay. I'm going to try and get food. I'm having trouble picking one. The thing is, you actually kind of need to have three in case someone else has. Oh, good. Okay. Okay, so my top bad thing happening to Becky moment is working her first day of retail, which is a really demeaning experience, and she wants these ridiculously ugly zebra print jeans, zebra print since we're British, and she hides them from a customer um, so that she can get them, except the customer catches her. And the manager fires her on the spot. No, I mean the the thing that makes that so bad is though is how long how it's the drawn out part of when exactly you know it's just if it was a quick thing it's just like oh you stole this you're fired that wouldn't have been bad but the way no. it's done is that it's like she steals it and then the the person who's trying to buy it questions her about it and then brings over the manager and then she questions about it and then the uh, and the jeans magically fall out from behind a curtain yeah. That's right. Because everything that can happen to her does. The Wizard of Oz uh, reveal, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is more of a, an emotional thing. Right before things start to turn around for her, she's gone back to her parents' house, and she's talking to her neighbors, who are really nice. And it turns out that because of the advice that she gave them without paying much attention, while she was pretending to be a financial expert for them... The advice that she gave them last time cost them 20,000 pounds. I thought that was the best, worst thing that happened to her because it was really hurting people she liked and not just herself. So my mine is related to that. Basically, this whole time, she's getting letters from Derek Smeet and Erica, someone or other. Yeah, they're the bank people who are chasing her ass down right. for her debt. Basically, she's at this meet and greet, and she's trying to avoid Luke Brandon, who she doesn't want to talk to because she's mad at him. And she walks over to two people and introduces herself, right? And it happens to be this manager of the bank who's been writing her all these letters and his assistant. Right. And that was like one of the... And they don't know it's her yet, right? They don't know that, that she's the person they've been like you know hunting down for the last like few months. And just like with, with Chris's example, the thing about that was how long it was drawn out because it, it just kept happening and happening and happening and they kept not recognizing her. And then her one of her friends comes over and mentions that she lives in the same area as the bank and they start to realize and then it just keeps happening and happening and happening. 
I thought that scene was never going to end. Yeah, I actually stopped the iPod at one point, but then I realized that <laughs> I would never get forward in the book, so I didn't <laughs> finish the book, so I had to start it again. I have actually one more thing that I want to I want to hit on. Uh, you, we got to finish your game now. Oh, oh right, right. Chris won. Da, 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 da. Um, so, so basically, she bottoms out, you know, like, dead has got too much. She has to leave London, leave her friends, leave her job for a little bit, and just go home and sit and do nothing and be with her parents. And, um, you know, things bottom out. And then, you know, she catches this hot lead, and things start to get better for her. And I want you guys to talk a little bit about why you think that the book gets better at that point. This is really easy. I, I'm, a, I'm a simple beast. And... I don't like being uncomfortable while I'm being entertained. Um, I'll sit through it sometimes when I think it's funny enough or important enough. Like, I like Ricky Gervais. I think it's funny enough. I, I, I'll watch uh, Sasha Baron Cohen movies because there's something going on that I'm interested in, even though I can't tell you what it is exactly. But I can't stand being uncomfortable for something stupid. Uh, I hate it. And so about three-quarters of the book, she bottoms out, and then everything's glorious. And then it's just a pithy, happy story. And and, and that I can handle. I can just cruise through that, go about my day. Look, she's, things are working out for her. She's on TV. She's getting laid. Things are great. Yay, everybody likes her. She apologizes to everybody. Everybody accepts it. No, There are no consequences to any of her actions. Awesome. Done. Actually, yeah. No, I think it's that... That in the last quarter of the book, with everything going well, the author finally takes like the spike out of her ass, and the relief is so great <laughs> that it's enough to make us forget that she's the one that put it there in the first place. <laughs> I think relief is how I would describe the fourth quarter of the book, which is why I liked it so much more. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you don't like that? You, you like... No, 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 no. Even though this is, I think, the last quarter, I think you guys are right, that it's very, that, you know, it's a tonal shift that she really like things start to go really well for her i was really pissed off because things start to go well for no reason <laughs> well but of course but things went badly for i mean like who cares no i just i i don't know i feel like i wanted as much as i hated becky bloomwood i was kind of rooting for things to get better on her own terms and all of a sudden all of her character flaws where she's unable to talk about anything financial where she's making terrible decisions, where she, you know, is constantly, you know, embarrassing herself. All of that completely evaporates, and she's able to remember things and write well, and you know, in general, achieve fame and fortune overnight. And yeah. that, you know, that it's all of a sudden she gets to be somebody else for the yeah. last quarter of the book. And thank God, because I didn't like who she was the first half of the book. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I just, I feel like because it's for no reason and because it was so sudden, it felt very deus ex machina. It felt like, you know, just kind of like the narrator's like, oh, things are going to go well now. She's completely different and successful now. <laughs> I completely agree with you. I... And I felt pandered to. I felt pandered to. No, because like, here's the thing. And this is important. It finished on an up note, right? It's true. I, I agree with that. Um oh. If I might use an analogy, all right? There were some tests done with rectal exams. <laughs> the great thing is it's totally legitimate science, actually. Okay. So, um... It actually goes with the spike in the ass thing I was talking about earlier. Um, I am burying my head because I don't think I can stand this. <laughs> is this... 
This is Becky's best blunder. Um, okay, so here's the deal. Um, they did some experience basically with uh, with 60 second versus 90 second rectal exams. Okay, mm-hmm. and so the rectal exam only takes 16 seconds, 60 seconds itself. Um, and so the uncomfortable bit is the thing moving around in your ass. All right, right. that's the part that doesn't feel good. As opposed to the other part where the doctor is talking to you about his family. Well, no. So like the thing actually in your ass itself. That's not the worst part. The moving around, though, that's oh. the uncomfortable part. Okay. Okay. So for one of them, uh, 60 seconds, put the thing in, move it around the whole time, then take it out. All right? Another thing is uh, 60 seconds, put it in, move it around the whole time, then wait 30 seconds of doing nothing, and then take it out. All right? So the 90-second group had a longer rectal exam. All right? Right. But across the board, they enjoyed it more. <laughs> I won't say enjoyed it, right? But like they said, yeah, the like way, they said, the way you're saying it was like the first group gave him sevens, but then the next group came in and it was a nine and a half. <laughs> no, it was like uh, it was like I don't know, maybe twos, right, for the sixty second group, and maybe like fives, right, for the. But it's still positive numbers. Like people still enjoyed it at least a little. Well, no, they they just they said they like yes, they I'd do this again, right? You know, if I had to, right? They did not. <laughs> It was not scarring emotionally, I guess is what I'm right, saying. Right, sure, sure. Um, and so that's what I think what this book was like for me, right? So it was like the last, you know, right? So the last quarter of the book, it was a longer rectal, rectal exam, but they stopped moving it around. The last, <laughs> right? the last quarter of the book, it was still inside you, right? but it was less busy. Exactly. And I think that okay. was a marked improvement. <laughs> now, maybe, maybe, you know, we've already heard how much I, I hated the, the last quarter for, for doing that. I, I think I'm the person who wasn't fooled. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, no, it's still in my ass. <laughs> yeah. It's still in my ass. You're pretending, and I know you're pretending that it's going to be okay. It's not okay. There, there's another possibility, Chris, which is because you don't mind the awkwardness as much as I mind it, and you did hate the, the magic more than I hated it. So maybe for you, it was a 90-second rectal exam with 60 seconds of not moving, 30 seconds of freaking out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that might be a good It was getting 60 seconds worth of work done in 30. <laughs> 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 It is time for our first novel-based lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Six hours and 35 seconds when she's at dinner with, uh, with Luke Brandon. She orders rocket salad. I really <laughs> wish that I could have rocket salad and it would be made of rockets. And then they would go into space. <laughs> so like, you, you just like stick a fork in it and all these rockets just go, woo, and go off into space or just stick around <laughs> your head. I think that'd be awesome. Fireworks salad? <laughs> Fireworks salad. Lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. I got one. At seven minutes, uh, seven hours, twenty-four minutes, and fifty seconds, she talks about this brooch that she got, right, as a gift from uh, from Tarquin, and he wants her to put it on. And she hates brooches because you know they leave you know brooch holes, which is fair. And uh, the quote is this: "It'll ruin my lovely whistle's dress, and who wants a horse galloping across their tits anyway?" <laughs> <laughs> I like this for two reasons. One. Because I think that's a very funny line, tits. But also, <laughs> notice that she, she says uh, their tits, because it could want, it could be a man's tits also, right? She doesn't want to say her tits. Yeah. And, and uh, I also like that because as soon as she said that, I'd been playing the uh, answer her rhetorical questions game, and uh, mine was me. 
Yeah, you want that right on the tip? Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. A, a tiny little horse. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be kind of adorable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, lightning bonus Light, round. Lightning bonus round. At 8.46.00, she says exactly, and because she's the narrator's British, it, it's really exaggerated, and it's exactly, and she says it a couple times, and it sounds like a punny punchline to a breakfast joke. <laughs> <laughs> lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. At 11.25.45, the narrator, when she's talking about uh, Luke Brandon, or maybe, yep, uh-huh, like, uh, the food that they have on their dinner date, she makes a really great moan. Let's play that right now. Mm. It's sex moan. Yeah, lightning bonus <laughs> <Nice>. round. <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of Counter Central Roasts recently, and and so I've been really in the mood for trying to get better at one-liners. And... Uh, so perhaps you can you can help me with this, but she's clearly the shallowest person ever. When she's like out with Tarquin and she's getting really drunk because she needs to marry him for his money, and she's like, "I'll learn to love him." I mean, there are there are nickels that are deeper than she is. Uh, there are single cell organisms that are more complex than her. <laughs> I, Becky is so shallow. There's a sign at, that says no diving, <laughs> and even that is not fully submerged. <laughs> I also had a pool joke. She's so shallow, you couldn't float on her if you were a baby with splashies on. <laughs> That's it. I don't know. I didn't have a lot. Lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Okay, at uh, 6 hours, 51 minutes, Becky is fantasizing about telling off, uh, becoming a millionaire and uh, telling off the, the bank guy that she's like, oh, I'm actually a millionaire now. What she says is... Uh, He'll probably phone up and apologize. Try and keep my business and say he hadn't meant to offend me. But it'll be too late. Ha! Ha, 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 ha. Oh, blast. Missed my stop. <laughs> <laughs> the narrator is fantastic once again when she does this. Yeah. Is this, okay, so... Other comparisons aside, this is my favorite narrator so far. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think Ms. Gray does an excellent job on this book. Especially with such shoddy material most of the time. <laughs> Lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. I kept having fantasies during this book of what I would like the book to be instead. <laughs> I don't know if this is an activity you guys participated in, but it was as a way of thinking about something else besides the book I was listening to. Obviously, at some point, I wanted her to just snap and kill everybody. <laughs> like, I mean, it would have been really easy because like, every, like everybody had been hurting her at that time. This is the way out of my debt. I'll kill Derek Smeed. I'll be the girl who killed Derek Smeed. <laughs> <laughs> They'll look at me and say, look, there's the girl that killed Derek Smeed. <laughs> and then I'll kill them. I'll kill them all. <laughs> Lightning bonus round. It is time for the second half of our compliment sandwich. I did that in my narrator, or my... Oh, your announcer voice? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Who would like to begin, because not me? I got it. Got it. Okay. So actually, I do think this book might have the potential to end all addictions. <laughs> because Becky is so great at self-delusion and rationalization... And it's just really, really ugly to listen to it over and over again. You know, just, you know, why things are an excellent investment. And it's just really painful to see her just fall into the same traps of spending over and over again and making terrible life decisions. And I think that if, if 
anyone who's addicted to anything, right, a, a cokehead, listen to this book, would would notice that in themselves and get off of coke because they wouldn't want to be anything like Becky Bloomwood. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is pretty insane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I used to go to this 12-step group, but then I read this book where a girl made an ass of herself, and I don't want to be that girl. <laughs> <laughs> the girl who's not like Becky Bloomwood. <laughs> Chris, what do you have? You know, I thought of a comment, and it totally just left, like, midway through the podcast, and then it's gone. Well, here's the interesting thing. I don't have one. I actually have another compliment. Yeah. Do you want to give it to me? I mean, you could give it for me. No, no, I, I can give it to you. I can pass it to you. Pinch hit the compliment. <laughs> exactly. I'd like to yield the remainder of my compliment time to the honorable gentleman from Ezra. <laughs> from Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, at one point, Becky had a chance to, to solve all of her problems by seducing Tarquin, the millionaire that she didn't like. And he actually gave her 5,000 pounds. Oh, yeah. Right? Which would have fixed everything. Right. And she did the one thing you know, that like we could respect her for and actually tear up the check. Yeah. It does show that she is terrible at making life decisions still because that could have <laughs> fixed everything. And she was like, no, better to ruin my life still. But we did respect her for that. All right. That, that's, that's good. That's re- and that's related to the other compliment that I'd like to make, which is we talked about like the general philosophy of this book versus the philosophy of uh, other books. And the notebook came – like the, the philosophy of the notebook was – Love will overcome everything. Science doesn't have all the answers. You know, sort of the, this idiot, old-world, southern kind of wisdom that I hate. And the wisdom here was sort of like, if you own up to things and you're honest, everything gets a lot easier. And I, I think that's a much better moral philosophy for the world. Also, she, you know, the one thing that happens in her life that turns everything around is she works hard at something. Yeah. She, she puts effort into writing this one newspaper article. And if... If she'd put a little effort into anything else at any other point, uh, things might have been a lot better for her. See, you had a compliment in you. That's great. I'm, I had an improvi- improvised compliment in me. Yeah. Okay. And, and I actually thought of mine. Um, I have a compliment. And mine is much pithier, but I think that's fitting to end on a little pithy note. Uh, <laughs> that would be very appropriate. Um, so when she's having her quote-unquote business meeting with uh, Luke Brandon at the end of the book where they're whining, she's whining and dining her, um, they do this thing where, where you know, it's kind of, it's, it's chiclet paradise where the wine is remarkably delicious and she has more than the one glass she told herself because it's just so good and the company's so good. And then they take a look at the dessert menu, can't decide on which one to get, <laughs> and get all of the desserts. They get all of the desserts. <laughs> you can just have all the desserts and try, oh, how's that one? That's good. Let's try all of them. And like, so they have like eight desserts. And she describes it as paradise. And I'm inclined to agree with her. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thanks for talking to me about Confessions of a Shopaholic. I think we can uh, wipe our hands clean of this like it never happened. Coming up next week, we'll be watching the, the movie. And it should be adequate. <laughs> from, from what you guys have heard, this is a little better than the book, right? Like yeah. People actually like this one? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, have you already seen this, as? No. Thank okay. You. <laughs> you seem to have already seen everything that we watch, which is kind of disgusting, but... <laughs> I didn't see Twilight yet. That's true. That's your fault that I watched that. <laughs> it is. Thanks for joining us. Please watch along with us, or don't, and uh, we will be right at you next week. Ez, thanks for joining me. Pleasure. Chris, always enjoyable. Yeah, likewise, man. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.
Thanks again for listening. Check us out on the web, read-weep.com. Give us feedback there. You can also give us feedback on the iTunes store. We love that. And we love email, podcasts at read-weep.com.